Welcome back to Geek Life, Pandamanga.com's very own podcast. I'm JP. As always, with me is my fearless co-host, the Brian. Gone! <laughs> and the other other co-host, Joe. Oi. <laughs> and uh, visiting with us today is Pink. Con. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, as anyway, so. <laughs> uh, so thought train derailed. Thought train derailed. Yeah, no, over the over the uh, weekend, Joe and I went to Stockton Con and uh, mm-hmm. met up with some people, got some interviews, and picked up a couple of self-published comics, which is always exciting because mm-hmm. obviously they're. Not something you can just go down to your local comic shop and pick up. So we wanted to go out of our way and review a couple of these. Since it just happens to be the comics podcast. Imagine that. Wow. <laughs> so what it's, is Stockton right? Con for Stock- people who don't go to it? So Stockton Con evidently is... I didn't know anything about it, actually. Joe sent me a, a zap for it. It's I think it's new within the past couple of years, yeah, right? Yeah, I think it's two years old now. Okay. Uh, it was pretty good. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's in Stockton. I think it's at the Pacific College or whatever. Um, University of Pacific, yeah. yeah. And they use, you know, one of the big rooms. It's kind of, it, it looked like it was a, a basketball court thing. Uh, yeah, it's their, with, it's um, their stadium. Right. Court. But it's like huge stadium seating. And it was actually really cool because around the top, kind of lining the top of where the stadium seating is, where there's normally just a big walkway around the whole thing, they filled it with artists. So that was their artist's alley. So there was lots of artists, lots mm-hmm. of indie artists and, you know, comic publishers and stuff. So we got to meet some really cool people. And But yeah, it's just kind of like a comics and pop culture convention. You know, they had vendors with all the, you know, normal tropes of, you know, cards and collectibles mm-hmm. and, you know, cartoons and comics. And they had some panels, although the panels were pretty lackluster this year. Yeah, a guy talking about how he got Stockton to be the Fantastic Four's origin origin town. Yeah, it's anyway. It, it seemed kind of like uh-huh. woo. I never knew that. Yeah, it, well, it's just I don't know. It, it wasn't, it wasn't until the eighties, but oh, when well, he did the petition, he, okay, my he got life is Stockton. better now. Yeah, that. I know, right? It was an entire panel of it. It seemed kind of weak sauce, but but uh. Overall, we had a really good time. We met a lot of really cool people. Mm -hmm. And so we picked a couple of the comics. And we're going to go through three today. Unfortunately, I had promised everybody that we're going to review all of them. (laughs) But we picked up too many. So what we're going to do is we're going to actually do another comics podcast next time. uh, And just do a double whammy. (laughs) And uh, and we'll finish off the last two. So what we're going to look at today... Or what we're going to look at next time, just so you guys can get a little looking forward to it preview, is Eben07... By E. Bergen and D. Bethel. You can find that at eben07.com, which is E-B-E-N-0-7.com. I think that they mostly do, it's like a primarily a webcomic. Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah, but they, they actually had a couple print uh, print issues for us out there. So that's pretty cool. Uh, it was really It's really a good comic, and we're looking forward to reviewing it. And then also the next one that we're going to review uh, on next time is going to be Zot's Serpent and Shield, issue one by Daniel Parada. And you can find that at zotscomic.com. That's Z-O-T-Z comic.com. If you just can't wait until our review next time. Daniel and E&D, sorry you guys, uh, we will get to you next time. I know that we said that we were going to get to it this time, but unfortunately the workload is massive right now. Mm. And so we had to pick a couple things, and uh, we will get to you though. And we really did enjoy reading your comics. We all have read them already, but you know, limited time and all that. So coming up, we've got three comics we've chosen to actually review, and... We'll get into that in just a minute, but first, a little housekeeping. So first on the housekeeping today is a new section on PandaMega.com. Going to go up soon, the events section. 
when it's up, you can visit events.pandamanga.com and check it out. By the time that this is released, it should be up, unless something went terribly wrong, <laughs> but <laughs> unlikely. But anyway, so the Brian and I have been working hard on that over the past week and have got something up pretty good. We have all kinds of cool content from Stockton Con. Mm-hmm. The uh, fantastic other other co-host, Joe, has... <laughs> put together some really great pictures. For those of you that don't know, Joe is an award-winning photojournalist. Uh, briefly. Briefly. When I, when I was younger. Well, it's it's still pretty great, though. You know, it seems yeah. like as we move forward, we just keep revealing all these amazing talents that people that are involved <laughs> in Pandamanga have that they've just forgotten to tell us about or, or haven't happened to have a need to use recently. But, you know, Joe shows up with this magnificent, nice, expensive camera and oh. this, like, all this pro gear. And I'm like, wow, that's nice. He's like, oh, yeah, I used to do photos and I won some awards. Like, <laughs> oh, snap, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll have to show you my portfolio sometime. I would love that. I would love that. Making our press passes look extra legit. Yeah, mm. sure. You sure. don't even know me. <laughs> <laughs> But we did uh, we did go and get a bunch of really good pictures of everybody and of the con and a mm. bunch of great pictures of people cosplaying. Mm. So, and some great interviews. And yeah. some great interviews. Actually, all in all, 13 interviews. It's a, Was it's a, it's 13? A yeah, 13 interviews. Holy They're all crap. about maybe two to three minutes long. There's a couple of them. That, Except that, for the over. You're right. <laughs> Except <laughs> for, for Junior, Junior Bruce, who's nine minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's kind of everybody's yeah. fault though because and, we just yeah. kept talking. Junior is awesome. Yeah. I, By the way, Junior, badass. <laughs> yeah, dude, you're you're completely great. I've been listening to your podcast and it's very funny, which you can actually find on iTunes if you search in the iTunes podcast section for the Junior and Leo show. And basically, Junior and his friend Leo they talk about just being family men and having wives and kids and just kind of all the mayhem and, and they're both hilarious and it's just this great sort of like comical lighthearted spin on you know and just observational comedy it's great it's it's really very funny you know unfortunately i don't have family and kids right now so i can't quite exactly you know relate you know as well as i could if i did but at the same time it's still very very funny stuff i've been listening to it as i've been working on the comics coming out next week so anyway looking forward to talking about junior's comic so yeah we've got some really good interviews coming up and uh, it was overall a really good experience. We had initially been hoping to have tables at cons, and that's kind of the con presence that we were expecting. But we recently, or just a little while ago, ch- decided that you know we're going to actually do some con coverage first to try and network and meet people and kind of break into the scene that way instead of just show up out of nowhere. Nobody yeah. knows who the hell we are. Here's a table. You know, it's like you know, as a comics publisher, you sort of like need to be known a little bit. It seems. Yeah. You know, so, they have to say, oh, those guys. Oh, those first. guys. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, at, at the very least, when we, you know, after we've done some con coverage of a couple different cons in the area. When we go back to them next year or see them at a con later in the year, hopefully some of the people there will be like, oh, hey, it's the guys from Pandamanga. I did an interview with them. What's up, guys? As soon as we start to get into that realm, then it seems like it's more appropriate for us to really jump in there, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, as soon as we have enough content with some of the stuff on Pandamanga that we're personally producing, you know, like Artistic Monk and Dinner and Dragons, yes, we're going to make Artistic Monk and Dinner Dinner and Dragons, you know, have a presence, you know, as like an artist's table, artist Mm -hmm. alley sort of table at conventions, but, you know, as far as Pandamanga itself, you know, as like the website and promoting, you know, independent comics and publishing independent comics, we feel like the best way to make our presence known is to be doing some some press, and it's really worked out very well. Press passes have been surprisingly easy to get, well, it's easy to get, but have been very much more available than I had expected. I would kind of figured that it would be really challenging to get, and 
you know, I guess our website looks legit enough because yeah. <laughs> you, know, you send, you send, you basically you send in and say, "This is me. This is what I want to do, and here's where I'm going to publish it." And and they look at it and go, "Okay," or "Nah." So <laughs> you know, both both Stockton Con and Sack Anime have given us the thumbs up. So sweet, yeah. So anyway, but the event section will be up soon. I'm totally birdwalking. The event section will be up <laughs> soon, and we're very excited about it. Ongoingly, we'll be putting up all the coverage for events that we go to, as well as events that we'll be hosting. Uh, we're going to start putting things like our midnight podcast stuff from GameStop that we've talked about a little bit before in there. And, uh, you know, that'll be like a, an event that we're hosting and other things like that. So, uh, you know, in the main section, our, we're planning kind of on the main page of events. We're planning on having a calendar where you can kind of see what's upcoming or what we've done. And then also links to all the stuff that we've done and covered. And you can get all the pictures and gallery and interviews and all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yes. yeah, it'll be we'll a good section. We'll have links to all the artists that we interviewed or I should say Joe and JP interviewed and up on the events section as well as the photos. So the people that we don't get to on this, well, your interviews are going to be up in the events section. Right. Well, you know, we can't yeah. we can't review everybody's comp. We can certainly interview a lot of people and, you know, plug them on the website. You know, it, it's it's all I mean, that's what we're all about. We're all about helping independent, you know, publishers and, you know, independent comic makers get more coverage and get yeah. more, you know, hits and interest. And so, you know, put yeah. link throughs on our sites and then, and then hopefully there's, you know, a little bit of, you know, give and take and they're like, Oh, Hey, Panda Manga is promoting us. Maybe we'll promote Panda Manga. That'd be great. Yeah. You know, and it's just a big, happy, yummy circle of goodness. Yeah. 12 of the 20 people that listen to us will listen to you. And then like nine of the 12 people listen to you will listen to us. And yeah, it's just, it's, you know, it's, it's going to be good. So I think, you know, the way that the con went and we really enjoyed all of the interviews oh, that we yeah. did and had a good time and it felt like we really had a purpose. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I wander around a con and it's just kind of like when I run out of money and I've seen the panels <laughs> I want to see, it's kind of like, all right, <laughs> now what? <laughs> you know? Pretty much. So, so it was kind of nice to actually have a purpose to be there aside from just kind of enjoying and soaking up the geeky goodness because there's plenty of that to be had, but I typically am ready to be done way before the con's over. <laughs> Maybe I'm just getting old, but, you know, anyway. So, yeah, so look forward to the event section, or I guess you can just look it up right now, because at the time of this posting, you will you will have it there and available for you. It'll probably have been up for a couple days by then, so very exciting. If not, then something terribly went wrong, and we're probably all dead. Yes, yeah. So, anyway, was there anything else, Brian, that we wanted to talk about in the... In the housekeeping? Yeah, in the housekeeping. Not that I can think of. Okay, all right. Yeah. Plugging along. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, let's move into the reviews. The first comic we're going to review is Flying Sparks, written by John Del Aros and art by Jethro Morales. This one is a superhero comic, you know, essentially. It's definitely the only actually superhero comic that we've got to review today. And I have to say, when I was first, you know, looking through the stuff, and this is not necessarily at the top of my list of things to review because it's kind of like... Another superhero comic. There's so many superhero comics. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just prolific in the comic world, especially in, in the States. And so I was kind of like, eh, you know, but after reading it, I really liked it a lot. Oh, yeah. As did I. Yeah. yeah, I was sort of like genuinely happily surprised that it, it totally pulled me in. It had good action. It was interesting. The characters yeah. were cool. Like, it was really, really good. It wasn't just another, like, bad guy, go punch him in the face. You know, it was actually really good. Well, I yeah. think that was a common theme because that was my reservation when looking at it too. Was oh man, a superhero comic? Yeah, right. Mm. Come on. Yeah, but it was it was really good. Yeah. I enjoyed it. So. Which is interesting. I had the opposite reaction. Like, ooh, superhero comic. Yeah. 
O'Brien. You see, I I guess I cheated because when we were interviewing John, when he was talking about, uh, well, it's a love story between a superhero and a villain whose secret identities fall in love with each other. I'm like, oh my god, that's freaking brilliant. How come I haven't done that yet? <laughs> well, here, here. Batman and Catwoman? So, Joe, why don't, you, why don't you read us the little synopsis on the front page? Okay. Chloe Anderson is a college student by day and the superheroine Meta Girl by night. Her boyfriend, Johnny Benvenuti, runs a criminal fencing operation out of the back of his coffee house. Can their relationship survive their secrets? You know, when I first read that, I was like, criminal fencing? Wait, what? Is that, <laughs> are we talking like... You know, stolen stuff, or are we talking poking people with sticks? You know, like, what's <laughs> happening here? <laughs> wow. Anyway, so let's let's go around and give impressions real quick. So, um, so Pink, what did you think? Well, uh, first impression, like I mentioned, I kind of went, "Oh God, no, not superheroes!" Even though I still like superheroes, and and even as I was reading the first few pages, before I actually didn't read the synopsis, I just opened the book before I got too far into the story. As soon as I introduced him and he said the word girlfriend, I went, "Oh no, they're dating," and went. <laughs> And essentially it was... Yeah, I heard just, you. You were sitting there reading. You're like, oh, God, is she dating? And you flip forward. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and I went, oh, please don't be archetypes. Please don't be archetypes. And thankfully, they weren't archetypes. As soon as that happened, I was really worried that the uh, boyfriend would be this sort of two-dimensional bad guy, horribly badass, I don't know, kick puppies bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> but as soon as he displayed these qualities that made him sort of a, um, a guy who didn't want to be bad, it... You know, it just happened to be, maybe he was good at it, maybe, you know, so many other things you could think of other than just, he's bad and that's it. Yeah, he's not like mm-hmm. the, Desperate the times, mustache you know? twirling, you know, yeah. <laughs> slightly whiplash back. Yeah, and, and you know, he didn't seem like he enjoyed it per se, but you know. No, I mean, he, there was a point where he ends up having to kill somebody and he and he, he makes some kind of, you know, off-the-cuff joke. And there's an inner monologue as he's walking away and he's like, I made the joke to try and calm my nerves because... You know, I've never killed somebody before, you know, and mm-hmm. it's like he seems like a like a real like tangible person instead of just like a ha, ha, bad guy. Right. Know? Exactly. So um, it seemed all right. I was intrigued at the end of the book. I would definitely read more. Yeah, I'm looking forward yeah. to reading more. And um, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll give the website as soon as we're finished with this review. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And art wise, um, it's solid. It's good. It's on par with other things that I see printed in bigger titles or you know more popular titles mainstream titles color wise too i notice it's using a lot of contemporary palettes that i'm seeing in modern comics in terms of a uh, heavy use of violets which sort of just warms up things and makes things pleasing to the eyes i was talking to jp earlier that there's this sort of autumn palette that's kind of in right now and i'm seeing it there but it's it's not beating me over the head with it mm-hmm. so i i enjoy it and it's pleasing what did you think joe well i really liked it because you know I'm all about the superhero comics <laughs> for decades now. And this was such a like an easy transition into kind of a romance rather than a straight superhero kicking everybody's ass sort of superhero comic. Right. Uh made it feel a lot fuller, which was you know, really made it a really pleasant read. So I enjoyed the hell of it. You know, the the art style's very I don't want to say simple, but it's really easy. You know, it's not complex. It's not you know, way over the top. It's not busy. It's not busy. Yeah, exactly. It's it's really comfortable. Right, but it does feel like it's nice and dynamic, you know. Oh, yeah. The angles are dynamic. You know, the 
the framing is really interesting. It it loses nothing in being a very like I keep saying, comfortable and easy to get into comic. Mm-hmm. So I I liked it definitely. What did you think, Brian? Well, I really liked the idea that when you have the internal monologue of the girl, Meta Girl, it's in blue, and the her boyfriend's in red. Just you yeah, know, that was really evil. cool. Really mm-hmm. cool, I thought. Yeah, and there's something that the. Uh, writer had said in the back of the book that he wanted to have a superhero where their like power of flight is the only thing she had because more often than not when you have the power of flight in superhero comics you usually end up having some other power like strength mm-hmm. vulnerability right. shoots eyes with lasers <laughs> shoots or... eyes with their lasers yes <laughs> eyes with their like, lasers like the eye cannons that's right <laughs> <laughs> For those of you that don't know what we're talking about, go back and listen to the Bleach cast. Please. Ugh. Nobody listen to the Bleach cast. We worked really hard on that and, like, brutalized our minds. I'm, and nobody I'm read it. Nobody, like, nobody downloaded it. I feel so bad. Well, it's basically because we said all throughout it, God, no. Oh, it's horrible. <laughs> As While we're promoting it, we're like, it was really awful. And we're thinking, how come nobody's downloading it? <laughs> Commented on it off of my Tumblr account. Oh, you, oh, yeah. Oh, right. it's right. Yeah, Tumblr got more hits than I think our website did. <laughs> so, anyway, so but, yeah. yeah, I really liked it. One of the things that I thought was cool was because she's doing her superhero thing and he's doing his fencing thing. Occasionally, he has to go for business meetings or she's busy quote-unquote studying and so they're both kind of feeling guilty that they're lying to each other and each one is kind of wonder or at least their friends are kind of wondering well is she or he cheating on me right so it's really really cool concept the one thing i'm curious about because this is issue one is is it issue one in a series of one shot you know like it only goes four or five volumes or something like that no, I believe or it's if it's going to be an ongoing thing it is an ongoing yeah. comic and this is actually this first issue i think came out some time ago and mm-hmm. they revised it and put it into this format which is something that i'm kind of concerned with um, going forward because it, the whole concept is about them being you know arch enemies in their uh, superhero lives but lovers in their regular lives and having them not intersect. It, did it say that that was where it was going? Yes it did. Okay okay. Um, at least that's what the writer said what he was thinking of doing. So with that kind of concept, even still, even if it wasn't, you're dealing with a superhero and a criminal. How long can that really last? It's kind of like shows that are built upon sexual tension between the main characters. Once you know yeah, it's gotten over with, up, it, it, yeah, like, once it's pretty much oh, shows over. Okay, um, right. which is so that's something TNT that I'm kind of worried about. Like, yeah, <laughs> wow. yeah. Once they discover who each other are, or they're um, alternate egos are, um, yeah, you know, how's it going to go from there? Well, I guess we'll have to go to the website and find out. Well, my, my opinion, are you, you I am complete done. thought? Okay. Uh, I liked it a lot, actually. Um, I mean, like I said before, surprisingly, I liked it a lot. 
Um, you know, typically if I see somebody in a spandex suit and a cape, it's kind of like, oh God, here we go again. <laughs> you know, like I've had kind of my fill of superheroes at this point, And I like, like, especially in the independent comic scene, I'm always like, can we please do something really creative and, and odd? Because that's where that stuff thrives. Mm-hmm. And the, the creative and odd stuff is so, so much more prolific in the independent comic scene because you can get away with doing whatever the hell you came up with and not have to be fitting it into somebody's box. Right. More and willing to take risks because exactly. nobody's telling you what to do. And exactly. you don't have to have numbers or anything like that in terms of sales. Mm-hmm. And that's why whenever there's a superhero comic, I, my first thought is kind of like, it better be really good or this is kind of like... You know, or it's going to end up being sort of like this safe paint by numbers mm-hmm. sort of thing because superhero comics is you know it, it's it's like such a there's so many archetypes it's so you know formulaic at this point yeah you know? it's easy to go from A to B to C and right right and so somebody really has to bring something extra special to the table when they're doing a superhero comic in you know independent form in my opinion mm-hmm. you know for me to really be like wow this is cool and they did I liked it a lot I liked the idea of having both people in a relationship having a secret identity. Because there's so much melodrama in superhero stories about, you know, oh, they can't know my secret identity. And the other person's just a normal person, mm-hmm. you know. Or, you know, oh, I have to protect them. I don't want anybody to find out that I've, you know, that I'm actually so-and-so because then the bad guys are going to use them against me. It's like they both, I mean, not only not only do they both have, you know, that conundrum going on, but at the same time, they're like who they would have to protect each other from, <laughs> you know. <laughs> So it's like it's a really neat way to go. Mm-hmm. I think another thing that I found really refreshing about this one is that they didn't feel like they had to go into this complicated, drawn-out origin story. They were mm-hmm. just like, here we are. Yeah. You know, she's already got power. She's already fighting crime. It felt like the origin story was really more for Johnny. You know, it's, it seems like it seems like that's the plan, is to really show his progression from just being kind of a low-level fence crook sort of person and how he sort of gets drawn into becoming a villain, an actual villain. You know, and to see that transition, which I think is something that, you know, is touched on here and there, but not really a lot. You know, I think one of the only comics that I've read that is specifically about villains is Wanted. Yeah. You know, this one seems to be doing it in a little bit more of a traditional way, because Wanted was very kind of in your face about it. And, you know, you know what I mean? Sort of like tongue in cheek and very aware of the comic book world, almost like making fun. You know what I mean? Like it's almost like how Watchmen is. Where it's mm-hmm. kind of like very aware of the traditions and they kind of like fly in the face of them on purpose. There was that sense and wanted. And this still feels very much more like a traditional sort of superhero story, but with really, really interesting angles that they're taking it. So, Well, one thing that I would say is that like Metagirl's origin story is pretty much told in the first five or six frames. And you could say that Johnny's origin stories or this background is kind of told in the last five or six frames of the comic or around there so it's kind of right but like, there's a lot of questions like you know who's meta man and how yeah. does she have a relationship are they oh, yeah. related or do they know mm, each yeah. other like like there's a lot that could you know what i mean like there's but, a lot that goes unsaid that that often it seems is part of the first issue of a superhero story it's like yeah. i got bit by this radioactive this or i fell into radio it's always radioactive something exactly you know but i mean inevitably there's there's a there's an origin story and this it's like okay we just jump right in but it feels good it doesn't feel kind of like oh shit what like i feel yeah. like i missed You're something like, that's that you don't feel that way well i get the yeah. feeling we're also seeing some of johnny's origin story right, unfold exactly. because we just saw him kill his first guy so right. yeah. that's Going to be pretty intriguing to watch. Watch him transform either way, good or bad. Yeah. Well, anyway, I think I really liked it. So let's let's go around and, and give our reviews. 
one to five issues and half points are allowed. Okay. Well, I'm going to give it a three and a half, but I also am hoping to anticipate that it turns into a four when reading more. Mm-hmm. But it's really intriguing. I like it. And honestly, I would never give out a five unless I thought something was completely perfect and pro and everything and infallible. And so I may never give out a five. So that's pretty good. Three and a half. Definitely. Joe? Uh, I'll go for a four. Mm-hmm. You know, I definitely want to read more. I'm not sure how, like, really in the tight format that they're doing, how long they're going to be able to drag out this uh, opposing side's It seems story. like it's going to have to transform pretty dramatically once that hits, the crescendo of, oh, you know, you know, I'm, I'm this person, oh, I'm that person, oh, no, we're dating. Yeah, know? it's either going to have to switch gears pretty drastically or end. I think I'd like to see it get really dark when that mm-hmm. happens. Jump out of this pleasant... Oh, is he dating or is he cheating on you? Is he, you know, kind of pillow talk and, you mm-hmm. know, friend, you know, you know, he said, she'd said sort of energy of their relationship. I think that, you know, it would be cool to see it go in a really dark direction. And maybe it does. We'll have to really dig into the comic online because I know there's more than just this available. Yeah. So, Brian, what did you think? I am with Pinku on this one. I am giving it a three and a half issues just because of those concerns that I brought up of how long can it really last and what happens when they figure out each other's identities. Um, I don't know how that will go, but more often than not, it doesn't end up well, story-wise. Well, I think I will give it a three and... You have to take into consideration that I'm typically not a superhero person. So, you know, the fact that it's not... That's a good score. I mean, the fact that it's not getting a, a great score is probably partially because of my just personal tastes. But I but I did really enjoy it. And I think, I think that I'd like to see... I mean, I definitely... Like, the whole reason why we have the, the issue system is... Well, I'd be willing to read three more issues based on this first one. Like, if, if there was a bunch of issues on a shelf, I'd be like, I'll get the next three issues. You know, mm-hmm. this based on the, reading this first one. That's, that's cool, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, I would totally get three more issues, see where it goes. I think that within that amount, you'd actually see a lot develop. And like Pink said, there could be a very real possibility for it to, to go up, you know, because they have a great premise. It could either really go bad or really go good. Just yeah. please don't break my heart. Superhero comics have categorically done this to me. I can't deal with this anymore. Yeah. You, creators. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, three uh, so three issues for me. So, you know, it, yeah. overall, you know, three, three and a half, something like that. This is, yeah. Averaging know, three yeah, and a half. Averaging three and a half. It's, it's a good mm-hmm. score, you know? So, really, really good. Well done. Yeah, absolutely. So, if you're interested in checking out Flying Sparks for yourself, you can go to flyingsparkscomic.com. Or you can find them on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash flyingsparkscomic. We'll also have a link in the show notes for you to check out. Okay, uh, let's listen to some music first, and then come back and talk about the adventures of Cracker Ace by our friend Junior Bruce. It's a new year, and everything changes. Not always good, this is my world. Word. 
Welcome back to Geek Life. Next we're going to talk about Cracker Ace, written and drawn by Junior Bruce. So of all the people that we talked to at the convention, I would easily say that we probably best clicked with Junior Bruce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Junior is awesome. And we really had a lot of fun. We, we like came back around and talked to him for a while longer. <laughs> and, and, and I actually emailed him and try, I'm trying to hook him up with AirPlus Recordings to get some music for their podcast, too. And, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully... And he was actually, you know, hinting, might be interested maybe in putting out a comic that he's working on on Pandamanga uh, electronically. So that's that's pretty cool. Cool. Yeah. So I, I really hope that we can, you know, have a good working professional relationship and, you know, become friends he actually even said maybe we might uh, might be interested in doing a podcast together at some point. Yeah. So, so yeah, you know, o- overall, Junior was really was quite a fine, really cool guy. Oh, yeah. Really enjoyed hanging out with him and getting to know him a little bit, and was really excited to read his comic. And I'm glad yeah. I did. Oh, yeah. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Oh, yeah. It was so funny. It really was. <laughs> it is. It's hilarious. Oh, it's hilarious. So, so what we have here? Yeah, give us a rundown. So what we have here is we picked up a trade that is Tales from the Torn Universe. With and 29% more awesome. 29% more awesome. So I'm okay. glad for all the awesome. <laughs> uh, so there's a couple different artists in here, a couple different writers in here, but the ones that we're going to talk about today are, there's two issues spread out a little bit within this trade that are about Cracker Ace. Cracker Ace is magnificent. Cracker Ace. <laughs> Cracker Ace. First of all, Cracker Ace has a pompa mullet. Yes, <laughs> I am a jealous. Pompadour slash mullet. Yeah. The Brian's reading this and he's like, "Oh my god, I need that haircut." <laughs> it's it's so a pompadour good. and a mullet at the same time. That is Cra- the ultimate Japanese gangster. Right? It really is. <laughs> my god, he must wear snakeskin shoes. <laughs> I think he does. Oh. What a man. uh, Wow, Japanese gangsters and trailer park superheroes. Seems legit. Yeah. All right, here we go. Real name, Cracker Ace. Aliases, none. Identity, known. (laughs) (laughs) Occupation, unemployed. Defender of the St. Alfonso's trailer park. Place of birth, Putnam, USA. It's so good. So, So essentially, Cracker Ace is this badass trailer park dude who's... Like, set himself to protect the Alfonso... Alfonso's? St. Alfonso's. St. Alfonso's? Is that actually a saint, St. Alfonso? I don't think (laughs) so. Does it matter? I don't know. It it might be referring to something hilarious. Mm. I'll have to look it up later. But so, yeah, he's he's basically set himself up to defend and be the, like, superhero of St. Alfonso's trailer park. Mm. Of course, he doesn't actually have any superpowers... Nope. <laughs> and his little brother or cousin, Billy Ray, follows him around everywhere. <laughs> Billy Ray Ace. <laughs> um, and essentially, essentially, it, uh, it, it's funny because the first issue, there's nothing really fantastic in it as far as, not fantastic as in good, but fantastic as in, like, extra human. Yeah. You know, there's no superpowers, there's no... He stops his shop, shoplifter. Right, he stops his shop, exactly. And he... Uh, With a and, glass of orange juice. <laughs> And and but the first issue of the two is probably my favorite, mm-hmm. and yes. and because of Aldoom, Aldoom, Aldoom. Yeah, it's hey, called. What's up, Dom? It's called Cracker Ace versus the Day Off, and and El Doom is just another guy that lives in the Saint Alphonse trailer park, and he just got it out for Cracker Ace, and he's he's got like a luchador mask on, and he's uh-huh. trying to be like a, clearly trying to be like a supervillain, and just sucking at it. <laughs> Like, white. I thought he was a Wolverine knockoff. Frankly. Right? Yeah. I mean, he, he fully like he, he like he like fills Cracker Ace's 
um, mailbox full of all these coupons. <laughs> and as he goes in there, he's he like uh, as Cracker Ace reaches his hand in there, El Doom jumps up from the bush and is like, "Feel the wrath of my, of your paper cuts!" And he like runs off. It's like it's like, like so. Oh, oh hey Dom, how you doing? <laughs> it's Doom. Yeah, and he like Cracker Ace never quite figures out that it's El Doom, and he's like he just like uh. can't understand him, you know. <laughs> So good. And, and and it's brilliant that like El Doom considers Cracker Ace his like arch nemesis and Cracker Ace just thinks of him as, oh yeah, it's another guy in the trailer park. Yeah, it's like that's a nice funny, guy. It's a funny Mexican guy. Yeah. Good guy. <laughs> yeah, he's alright. He's just a little weird. <laughs> and and so yeah, at the end, which is another hilarious part, is that is that part where he like basically another the other thing that El Doom does to mess with Cracker Ace is Cracker Ace is like the whole, you know, kind of arc of this first comic or this first issue is Cracker Ace is going to the market to pick up some groceries. And one of the things he really is wanting is some orange juice and some beef jerky. (laughs) And he gets there and, you know, saves the day. And then towards the end, he's like, oh, man, I... I, I, I forgot, I gotta get my, you know, my groceries. And he goes in to get the orange juice, and it's gone. And he goes up to the cashier, he's like, hey, is there any more orange juice? And he goes, no, that gentleman just bought the last one. And sure enough, it's El Doom. <laughs> and he's like, feel my wrath as I drink the last one. Mm, so good. Dick. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so great. I mean, it's just so, it's so, and even, even El Doom's like little tiny cameo in the second one where there's actually some kind of monster. Right. You know, he comes out and he's like, What's like, going on? Race it. Oh, this and he takes off. <laughs> I, I don't know. I really, I really, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, that, that was something special. As I was telling JP, if I lived in a trailer park, I would basically be El Doom. <laughs> you would. <laughs> you, like this aspiring super villain. Yeah, yeah. Pretty chilling. much. That that's my like trailer park version of my super villainy. Oh no, I'm I'm totally crackery. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, no. See, I'm, I'm, I'm always the villain. That's, that's so. El Doom is my guy right there. weren't you, weren't you, well, Captain Hammer for Halloween? This I was. Year? <laughs> that was no, it was a couple years. A couple ago. years ago, yeah. still pretty great though. Yeah. That's classic. So, so let's go around. Um, any, any other thoughts you guys wanted to throw in on this? Well, it's it's really interesting because I I don't know the creator, but you guys have spoken to him. But I can sort of just tell by his art style that he's got a hell of a personality. And you get it through the characterization, too, but you also just get it by looking at the art for some reason. The lines are really vibrant. And sometimes there's a little loss of legibility, but at the same time, I sort of don't care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I definitely felt like, you know, maybe the inclusion of some gray tones or screen tones yes. or even color of some kind mm-hmm. would be would really help sort of delineate things. Because in the, in the scenes where there's lots of action... All these heavy contour lines that you know normally would describe you know you know fleshiness or right. you know something brittle or whatever it it kind of gets lost in the shuffle and it's a little hard to dis- discern what's actually going on unless you really look at it for a second. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, I mean, if you don't go the tones right, you would I, I would do maybe need negative space a little more negative space in some places. I understand though that when when important stuff is happening, you got to zoom in and at really uncomfortable angles on a panel though. But yeah. a little more clarity wouldn't be bad. Yeah, and. Um... The the kids stuff he was doing sketches of at his table. You know he had all the the really vibrant color and it made it punch a lot more. So. Yeah, and I, I get the I get the feeling that this is this is much older than what he's doing yeah. right now. You know, yeah, I'm okay. I'm gonna really look forward to seeing his whimsy creek stuff. 
Yeah, it, well, actually, the reason why we're specifically talking about Cracker Ace is that Junior said that this is out of the other comics, outside of the Whimsy Creek stuff that he's working on, uh, which we, which you can check out at events.pandamanga.com and check out what uh, what's up with Whimsy Creek and what he's doing with that. But uh, the reason why we're talking about Cracker Ace in particular is because Junior said this is one of the uh, only other ones that he's looking at moving forward with. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. So he's looking at trying to make some more Cracker Ace. So that would be really cool to see more of because it's, it's freaking hilarious. Oh, yeah. In the first, like, episode, you just don't know, does he have superpowers? Does he not have superpowers? They never basically allude to one way or the other. And he, like, rather spectacularly fails in the next episode. Yes. And you find out, <laughs> and, and no, then you no, find out no, no superpowers. Yes, that's right. And then you just wonder, well, are there superheroes in this universe? And sure enough, that question gets answered. Yeah. It's, I don't know. Right. It's great. Well, it sort of reminds me of the tick in a way, in, in the in the way that you have these really ordinary sort of superheroes That's just true. going through yes. life. Didn't he? Didn't Junior actually say it was kind of? Yes, he said it's kind of. He says he hates to say it, oh. but it's kind of like the tick. And what was one other thing? No, that's a good thing, though. Oh, I think God, I don't remember what the yeah, well, Johnny, you know, Bravo. Yeah, Johnny Bravo, Johnny Bravo, Johnny Bravo, and tick. That's God. what he said. Yeah, I mean, and, and I, I know uh, I can understand where he's coming from, though, because you would rather somebody say. You know what this is like? This is like Cracker Ace. <laughs> you know, right. it's not like somebody else's stuff that you're not yeah. dipping into somebody else's creativity yeah. to create. Well, your you own know stuff. what the tick is like? Cracker Ace. Exactly. <laughs> that's that's from now on. All the right. tick. Yeah, it's like that Cracker Ace comic. It's so good. <laughs> well, uh, I I really liked it a lot. I I definitely am. I have like a love affair with contour, and I love black and white comics a lot. Mm. Um, you know, but along with that comes a heavy emphasis on being able to make clarity and having really, really clean frame pacing and really being able to direct the attention of things. Is because you know when when you don't have when you I almost want to say crutch. It's not really a crutch, but in some cases it could be. But when you when you have like the added tool of being able to have gradation and tones or color, mm-hmm. you can really draw attention in places, you can delineate from what to what, you know, and so in a busy scene, it's easier to pull out and differentiate between different things and it, you know, it can be a little more clear. And so it's it's quite a challenge to do a comic that it has action and and has detailed backgrounds and interesting bad guys and you know all that sort of stuff and and doesn't actually use any kind of gray tones tones uh, you know dot tone whatever mm-hmm. uh, so you know it's it's kind of like a ballsy choice I think yeah uh, which is which is cool but at the same time there definitely needs to be some more clarity with some of the more busy pages well I think for all art in general. Every every form of art is a means of communication, mm-hmm. so I think it's always best to remember that and keep that at the forefront when you're making anything, whether it be comics or paintings or even writing. So, you know, clarity is important. Or even if it's not necessary, even if you're in a situation where you're not making something that's meant to be particularly clear, at least make it obvious that it's not meant to be. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were talking a little while ago about a comic that... Uh, Joe and I have been working on or one of the strips for D and D, and there's there's like an obscenely epic amount of text, and the jo- <laughs> and, and when 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 I read this when I'm reading this script, I'm like, son of a bitch, that's a lot of text, Joe, and and so I I, I do a mock up the first two panels, and the text is pushing the character almost out of the panel, and then I send it to Joe, and I'm like. Is this what you really want? Are you sure? And he sends it back. He's like, "That's exactly because the part of the joke is that it's ridiculous how much text there is." <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, "Oh, okay, yeah, okay, that works yeah. for me." But limiting your pages to fifty words per page, I guess not. <laughs> yeah, hell no, not that one. <sighs> so 
Yeah, but I think on the whole, I really, I really enjoyed Cracker Race, and I'd like to see where he takes it moving forward, and mm-hmm. I do hope that he continues it, because it is very funny. And I, I actually also kind of wonder if there's more than there is just in this torn universe trade. Oh, I'm sure there is. Uh, I hope so. I'll have to hit him up for it. Yeah. So, anyway, so let's let's go around and give our reviews. All right. <laughs> Ladies first. Uh-huh. Well, then go ahead. No, sorry. <laughs> oh, oh, snap. The bride just got shut down. Damn. I'm going to go cry in the What's wrong with being else? a girl? Sexist. Oh, sorry. Anyway. This is um, just playing <laughs> control right now. Uh, <laughs> no, look. I'm, I'm, Be that way. I am giving it a three because of the clarity issue. The art style, personally, is not something I, I love in general, but it is really well done. It's really well crafted. It's deliberate. I appreciate that. Um, honestly, though, if I'd seen it on the street, I wouldn't have picked it up. But I'm glad I did read it, so I hope that rating would go up when I read more. Mm-hmm. Joe? I think I'm going to actually give it a five. Because wow. if this if he goes digital with us, this is just going to be something that as soon as it's out, I'm going to read. And I will keep reading. I'll read this like I read Garfield for the next ten years. <laughs> yeah, it's very witty, for yeah. sure. Oh, wow, that's that's quite a score there. Wow, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, we We're haven't in. had anything like that. Since we haven't had a five. Pizza. We haven't had a five since or Buffalo, Pizza, Spe- or Buffalo, Buffalo Speedway, Speedway by Yehudi Mercado, okay. which is magnificently perfect. Um, I thought the cape got the cape get a five. I think it might have got a five, but there's only four issues, so it can't get a five. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, anyway, Brian. So I'm going to give it a four and a half because pump a mullet and El Doom. You can't give it anything you, you less than a four and a half. You connect with El Doom on a deep, deep level, <laughs> deep, don't deep you? Deep, personal level, yes. And the pump a mullet. So this good. is your story, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, um, I think that I'm going to give it a four. I, I really liked it a lot, uh, but I do think that there are definitely some kind of congestion issues mm-hmm. with uh, some of the pages, and it gets unclear what's going on. Um, and the, but, but for the most part, the, which is funny because I was going to say the writing is really good, which is oh, funny yeah. because Junior was saying, oh, I'm not a very good writer, you know? <laughs> which is bullshit because if he wrote that story, yeah, it's funny ex- as hell. Like the, exactly. the, 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 the humor never falls flat on its face. You know, there are a lot of comics out there that, that endeavor to be funny and they tell a joke and it's kind of like, but um, crickets, you know? <laughs> And and each Love time, I mean, I was like, it's not it's not easy to get me to chuckle out loud when I'm reading something, and mm-hmm. I was chuckling out loud when I was reading this. Yeah, does yeah. his voice really Definitely. sound like that? Hmm? Does his voice really sound like that? I'm not, I'm not very good, right? Like 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 that? Uh, kind of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he has a he has a great voice, a big booming voice, like really good, you know, baritone voice. Mm-hmm. I wish yeah, I had like a completely voice. jealous of his voice for podcasts. <laughs> and so I listen wow. a couple of the people we interviewed. I'm like, son of a bitch, I want that guy's voice. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. But yeah, so uh, yeah, good solid four. Really, really liked it. I'm, I, I'd be really excited to see more of it. I would totally buy. I would snatch up four issues of this if it was somewhere. Oh, it's yeah. very, very funny. But I, but you know, Pink, you do make a good point. I don't know if I would be drawn in by the by the art style, like on a cover or something right. like that. Uh, you know, it like I well, yeah, I don't, yeah. I mean, it's 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 definitely like comic art style, but it's very cartoony. But in a way, yeah. it's a shame because it's so good. You know? Yeah, it's yeah. so good. It's, well, if you look. But here's a colored version on the cover of Tales from the Torn Universe, and I don't know. Again, you know, it, it, it doesn't grab me, but you know, and I say it's a shame, but at the same time, I couldn't think of a better art style that would fit the story. So yeah. that's that's sort of a double-edged comment. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's tricky, it's tricky, but it is, it's, it's really good. Yeah. I, I totally well, enjoy yeah. it. Yeah, because now that I've read it, that's how it's getting a five for me, you know? It, right. 
I kind of expected something from it. Delivered perfectly. Mm-hmm. And it, well, I think you and the two of us, after just talking with with the junior, were kind of like, "This is going to be funny." Yeah, <laughs> and know? it was funny. Yeah, it was definitely funny. Yeah. yeah. So, do you think knowing him would uh, had uh, influenced your opinion at all? Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's no way around that. No way bias. Needs to meet this guy, then, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody does need to meet Juju Bruce. He's 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 pretty cool. You won't be disappointed. No. No. Nice. Or listen to the Junior and Leo podcast or if you cannot meet the, him. The Junior and Leo podcast you know, also late. an option. <laughs> Let's move into our last comic. I, actually, you know what? Let's take a break. <laughs> Good move. Good move, yes. So uh, the, the last comic is going to be Revolution Isle 9. Looking forward to talking about it. You're listening to Geek Life. Don't go anywhere. Every day is a fight. I got to realize when with you at my side. I still cry every night. But every night I stop and drop. Hating the same hole which doesn't feel right. Ah, tonight we're going to bless the strong ones. The blessed ones. The hood up for the real ones. Yeah. It's not about where you want it. If you can get it, it's not me. Frankie or Freddy, yeah, yeah. But ask my daddy, love is a must. Only if you can carry, don't get weary, huh? So grow up and taste the cream. And live the life you've always seen, huh? Welcome back to Geek Live. The final comic we are reviewing today is Revolution Isle 9, written by Brandy Sullivan, pencils and inks by Andrea Siobhan, and letters by Bernie Lee. So the story deals with a man from the Revolutionary War who gets transported into modern times into a WoW Mart. Into, and, yeah, basically into a Walmart. Yes, if you mm-hmm. can't figure out what Walmart is. <laughs> yeah, this one has a lot of kind of like corporate s- social commentary. Mm-hmm. Like it's clearly very anti-Walmart and very anti like big corporations and, you know, materialism and all that. I mean, there's, there's I, a lot of jabs at just kind of the garbage that goes on in those places. For me, it really screamed um, like time-traveling modern-day version of... First Blood, the novel, if you, or, you know, the movie, if you've seen the Rambo. That's the funny, because that's what he said in the interview. It's that's like, exactly it's like, what It's he's, like Rambo yeah. goes to Walmart from yeah. the past. Yeah, it yeah. screams First Blood. Well, well, I see time travel through a well, and I think Inyasha, and I'm going, well, <laughs> oh, that's the go. only thing that's, that's similar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, like, basically, this revolutionary war guy who's been running on fumes, he's out of powder he's out of everything he's been basically fighting by himself for weeks gets he's a yank huh and he's a yank um he tries to hide in this person's cabin person won't let him in he tries to hide in the well falls into the well and wakes up in a walmart and they Um, almost kind of elude that the the old woman who doesn't let her him him in does it on purpose does yeah like but but also that she like has some kind of magic power because she she like he he holds onto the rope for the well bucket and then at the same time she pulls up the string and snips it and then the rope breaks it's kind of like she's got that knowing look on her face when she's doing it she's a witch 
Yeah. He called her a hag, though, didn't he? Yeah, he did. That's why he kind of had it coming. Yes, yes. <laughs> anyway, so falls into the well and then you know plops his butt right in the middle of Walmart. Walmart. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, and and right off, a lady hits him with a cart and. It's well, really rude. A slow-moving yeah. cart. Yeah. And she's, they, she's in a moving cart, like, you know, one no, no, of those no, no, automated carts. She's no, like, before that, the lady oh, with the right. kid is, <laughs> that's right. she's like, just, telling the kid to shut the f*** up. I can't deal with your crap right now. Yes. It's like, open up the Pop-Tart box and just take one. Shut up. The kid's, whee! <laughs> so bad. No, there's 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 several things in there that are, that are clearly anti, you know, consumerism and stuff. Oh, yeah. Right, and by bringing the outsider in who was fighting for all this stuff, well... Or at least fighting for a nation that hadn't been formed yet. It's, mm-hmm. it's a yeah, so he's it's fighting a, for what will eventually become Walmart. It's an yeah, it's obvious kind of commentary, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's kind of a high school sort of thought about it. Like, well, what would the founding fathers say about all the fat people on the go karts in Walmart? Well, right. you know, I appreciate arguing that. that. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, uh, when you get right down to it. I don't think there's a whole lot about our society that people who lived, you know, a couple hundred years ago would even appreciate or think was really that good. People who lived 50 years ago were kind of pissed off about today. I was born in the 80s, and I'm not that happy. (laughs) (laughs) So I was very entertained by it. Uh, I did, however, feel like some of the, you know, anti-consumerism, anti, you know, corporation sort of stuff was really heavy handed. Yeah. You yes. know, it wasn't it wasn't subtle and kind of like you know you know hint hint wink wink say no more say no more. It was just kind of more like I'm just going to punch you in the face with this about five times. Mm-hmm. And so I enjoyed the quips, but I think that maybe half of them could have been not there, and mm-hmm. it still would have gotten the point across and not been quite so in your face about it. That said, it still was making good points. It just reminds me of times that I've been in Walmart. Yes, I've been to Walmart. <laughs> no, it, was, it reminds me of times where you're in these like these just super cavernous mega stores, and you see people doing things and saying things and buying things, and it's just kind of like Ugh, you just feel icky, you know? Mm-hmm. Just <laughs> you do. You just feel gross. You want to go home and shower. You want to have like a rape shower afterwards, you know? <laughs> just sit and cry. <laughs> so that's so was... upset by seeing people in Daisy Dukes that should not have been in. Oh, no, yeah, and like the moo-moos. There's always moo-moos. Yeah. <laughs> At least they're covering things. Spandex is a privilege, not a right. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> there was a lot of good stuff in this, and I actually really enjoyed the action oh. uh, and the violence. It was kind yeah. of like, oh, all right, this is going to be really violent. Oh, it's really violent. Yeah, oh, okay. When he, when he gets oh, into right. the rampage with you know, the cookware... Yeah, it becomes <laughs> so really freaking good. It's so casual about it too. That was the other thing. Death <laughs> by Cheeto powder. Your eye, yeah. it's it was, gone. It was yeah, it was yeah. definitely very Rambo like. Where it was just kind of like, no, I'm just gonna kill you. Mm-hmm. You know, just ah, you know, very, somebody's like way out of their element and totally in like kill you war mode. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so so it had elements of funny. It had elements of poignant, uh, and the action was really good. Uh, I would say my only maybe my only other criticism was. He very quickly like MacGyvered some shit together, you oh, know. Yeah, yeah. Like, in, inside times. one night, it's kind of like, wait, wait, wait. So you're gonna know what all these things are. You're gonna know how they all work. You're not gonna stand there and be like, what is this skateboard? He's like, no, I'm gonna use a skate complicated thing of skateboard tape and matches to light oh, something on fire. It's kind of like eh, to make you know, it bomb. Uh, yeah, yeah. If he figured out the matches, I think then the rest would have kind of come together. Because board with wheels. Okay, I get that. It's got a. Uh, a sandpaper on it. Yeah. Okay. Get that too. Matches. Strike against sandpaper. 
You know, I think it you know, was A plus B plus C. <laughs> right, no, exactly. It was, just, it was just kind of it was it was lever. just it was right. almost almost a little bit like wow, this guy is MacGyver right now. Oh, like, yeah. Right away, yeah. you know. Well, yeah. I know you've got limited page count and that sort of thing, but it seemed like a really good opportunity to show a little bit of culture clash, which is really what I enjoy out of mm-hmm. out of characters who are time displaced or anything displaced. Yeah, yeah. Is, is what is this contraption? You know, like, you know in the Thor movies where he just drinks a coffee and throws them mug down? <laughs> Come on. Fun. I live yeah. for that stuff. Where was that? I want that. They had the great thing with the Red Cross. That was brilliant. Oh, my God. I was rolling. <laughs> right, I wanted- so he goes outside and he sees the Red Cross guys, you know, a, you know, hawking, hawking like, yeah, you We'll know, take your money or your blood. Right, exactly. And and they're in red coats. And he's like, oh, crap. And, of course, <laughs> the people that are no. working in Walmart are in blue coats. And so he's like, oh, the blue coats are good. Red coats are bad. <laughs> Why didn't you warn me about this ambush? <laughs> so funny. Yes, I needed more of that. So funny, mm-hmm. yeah. That was, but yeah, that I mean, that's that's my thoughts on this. What do you guys think? Yeah. There's a lot of clever crammed into it. Crammed being the ideal word. Yeah, exactly. It's all very crammed. Like there, so many like great one-liners and funny images and really clever, you know, MacGyvering of right, you know, mundane crap traps <laughs> that is just crowded. Oh, crowded the book so much. I, I would have loved to see them have a little bit more, you know, talk about his relationship with the girl that he's messaging. Mm. Like, that was a really cool kind of... It was really the only insight we got into his character and having yeah. any kind of character development at all. Right. Was that letter that he was kind of on, like, he wrote in the beginning and then, like, sat down and was ongoingly writing whilst he was, you know, barricaded up in the Wow Mart. Mm. You know, I would have liked to see a little bit more of that. Maybe. And sadly, it reminded me of a comic bit. I cannot remember who the stand-up comedian is, but he was talking about like soldiers nowadays and soldiers back in the Civil War. And he's talking about like how they wrote their letters. It's like, my dearest <laughs> Hannah, I it pains me to be away from your warmth and tenderness, but here I am because I must protect you and keep on fighting the good fight against oppression and tyranny. And then you look at letters from soldiers nowadays. Dear whatever, it is f***ing hot. It is hot and I am sweetie. <laughs> Don't fuck nobody. <laughs> I don't want not to worry you. I'm... Oh, man. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's... But I love know, soldiers. It's just, yeah, it's just kind of like... Kind of has that. I don't know. It's it's very clever, but very heavy-handed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, um, the one thing... It's a technical detail, but I'm all about the technical details. Yeah. The one thing I appreciated out of this, actually, was how wonderfully it was lettered. The shape of the boxes when he's writing his letters, you know, they're, they discern... It's a different typeface. It's a lowercase typeface, I believe. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, you know, it totally discerns... It, it, italicized, too. Totally discerns mm-hmm. that type of text... From you know the captions and the dialogue, and while underappreciated that is, having done it myself and having when I make comics, I actually make my own fonts for my comics too. And wow! Yeah, I figure there's no other writing that's going to look good with my art other than my own writing. So I just appreciate the the care that was put into the lettering here. It's done really well. It's placed really well. There are points in other comics that I've read today. Or, or the, the other comments we've talked about today, where it actually kind of distracted me when there was a little bit of a problem with the lettering. So I got to say, in that regard, 
it was sort of immersive. I appreciate that. I appreciate the art too. It's black and white. It uses a lot of lines and that sort of thing. But there's also hatch marks that help with the clarity as well as just different line weights that, that make you sure of what of the action that's happening. And I really appreciate that too. Yeah, this this one isn't burdened with the challenge that we were talking about that uh, the Cracker Race had. Right. This, but you know, this is still, there is no gradations or screen tones or anything like that. It's all just, you know, ink and paper, but it's a whole lot more clear. It's highly on. detailed, yeah. but it's completely legible. Mm-hmm. And also very, you know, it's, it's also appealing to look at. It's attractive. Definitely. Oh, man, that one scene where the cop is, you know, corners him and his shirt's all torn up and he's got, oh, he's yeah. got like, yeah. a, toilet, like, a, brush like a toilet brush with a to- with toilet paper shoved on the end on fire. Right. <laughs> and he's like, damn you, demon man. There's no question <laughs> so what he's gnarly. holding. It's, yeah. it's mm. totally clear where sometimes when I look at other comics, I'm sitting there going, what is that supposed to, what is that? What is that? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it was a great thing that you pointed out the letters because, you know, I'm kind of the newest person into comics of the group. I've only started since we've been doing the podcast. And probably typically only read comics when we force you to read them for the podcast. I also read manga. <laughs> like when my I own. took you to um, the library. And when you took me to the library, thank you very much for I that. I remember you reading manga before podcast. Loaded you. Yes. Um, and, you know, I never really. I kind of took for granted typists and literists until I actually read a few things where they're trying to discern between two different people or two different ways of speaking. And the fonts that they're using, I'm squinting, turning it sideways, (laughs) corner, half guessing what they're trying to say. And I apologize to all you typists and literists out there for taking you for granted. No, you and I have worked in in the same industry where we deal, you know, not in comics, but we deal with the same type of problems where you're trying to make something actually legible to read. Oh, yeah. Well, that's essentially what websites are about. They're about communicating information. Exactly. Comics Mm -hmm. is telling a story, trying to drum up some kind of an emotional response. Websites are about communicating just raw information for the most part, but you still have to be able to communicate what you're trying to say. Oh, right. And there's, you know, there's so many unspoken and spoken rules in terms of lettering that a lot of people who make their own comics tend to just ignore or don't even appreciate. But there's there's a lot of very fundamental things that you could do to make sure that what you're saying is clear, who's saying it is clear, that sort of thing. I'll tell you what, that's one of the things that I, I really struggled with and still struggle with since I started to really make comics. Because yeah, I sketched and, you know, made stuff for fun for years. But yeah. you know, when we're really coming out and okay, like let's really make comics for real, it's it's different and the word bubbles are hard. Right. They're really hard to make it clear. Joe and I have got, especially Joe's comics, because Joe's comics, let's be real, Joe, there's a lot of information in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and so sometimes it's kind of like, oh, man, how do I make these these flow smoothly and make it clear who's talking and, and what gets said where and, and what the rhythm is? Because sometimes it'll wreck the joke if, if, oh, the, right. if the bubble is, you know, 10 pixels to the left. It's crazy yeah, how much it, of a difference it, it makes. It's true. It's it, you know, on one hand, you want the dialogue and any kind of text that you see on the page to actually lead your eye throughout the panels. So when you put yeah. them in weird, awkward corners, it's really irritating and it's really jarring. That's you know, that's a situation where you're going to pull your reader out of there because they have to work for text that they shouldn't have to work for. Uh, another thing too that's really fundamental, but I don't see all the time, is word dialogue balloons should point to the mouth of the speaker. That's what they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. They just point in their direction. Right. So, you know, you have people pointing them at the head. And, you know, if there's two people standing next to each other, you you have to rely on things like diction, maybe, to identify who's speaking. 
It's so mm-hmm. basic, but it's really actually important. Yeah, I, I always go way out of my way to put make sure that it's aiming directly at the mouth. You know, even right. even artistic monk where there's no mouth, I like aim it where the mouth would be. Right. Or like on Dave when there really Dave is no mouth. Yeah, but you know what? When I read artistic monk, I don't think about it, and that's the way it should be. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So good job. Well, thank you. <laughs> so let's give it give the rating for this one. I'm going to do a three just because of what I talked about. The whole spiel about the lettering and the art, though, I feel like the story is a little didactic. I feel... When stories tend to be a little too preachy, I almost kind of feel like my intelligence is being insulted. Like mm-hmm. I can't... Like I have no ability to understand subtly. No, just raise the bar. Just assume that your reader is not an idiot. And I'm not saying the whole story was completely dumbed down or anything like that. But I think with a little more subtlety, it would have been a lot more potent. Mm. What do you think, Joe? I, I'm actually only going to give it a two. You know, like you said, story is way heavy-handed. It's cramming lots and lots of ideas into, you know, what would really be a very simple story. You know, like we've been saying, it's a lot like First Blood. You know, look at the script of First Blood. It's probably only like 12 pages long. You know, there's no dialogue. There's just action, just visual cues to really let you know what's going on. And this really could have used a little bit more of that. And just keep it a little more subtle. Yeah, and it only told one side of the story. Yeah. Um, I am going to give it a 2.5, you know, a solid meh. Um, It had some really good points and some very, very funny parts. The art's great. But it is so preachy and heavy-handed. I'd be curious to read and see other stuff that this group has done. But this just was not my cup of tea. Yeah, I agree with It's just that. a bit too preachy for me. Yeah, you know, um, it's probably the first time I've done this. I'm going to go ahead and give it a one. I, I, wow. What I, mean, what I mean by that is, is that I've, I've re- I, I read... See, the, the thing about our rating system is tricky because it's not like... Its quality level is a one out of a five. It's mm-hmm. it's like the issues of how many issues you're interested in reading. How much money I'm, and effort I'm done with this. I'm yeah. you know I I read it. I'm glad I read it. I enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. It was fun. It was witty. You know, had some really great action scenes. Some really um, like a really really that, that one shot we were talking about earlier with with the with the toilet paper on fire. That's a great pick. Yeah. You know, but I just don't find myself wanting to know what happens next. It's I feel good. kind of complete at this point. You know what I mean? It does kind of finish in a sort of a complete thought in theory. I mean, sort of a cliffhanger, but there's nothing really left way open to the imagination. It's not like it's still in the middle of things. They kind of come to a complete thought. But uh, it was just so heavy-handed with the themes that it was trying to put out there. What Pink was saying, it, it does feel kind of like, come on, can't you trust me to pick up on more subtleties than mm-hmm. really pushing it down my throat? I know what this is. This is hell. Yeah, exactly. You know, and so, you know, and some of the dialogue, especially between some of the characters that were disposable and about to be killed, was awkward. And so, yeah, I mean, you know, it it was just kind of there to push the point that, yeah, the uh, people these days are really fucked up and weird. Yeah, exactly. It seemed like it seemed like every opportunity that there was to further declare the point and mm. and the, the kind of like I learned something today from this. <laughs> it it was I don't know. It was just it was too much of that for me. 
And the end is just kind of like, nah, I'm good. Like, I don't need somebody to be throwing ideas at me so heavily for, a, you know what I mean? Like, I yeah. please don't hit me. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, you know, but that's not to say that I didn't enjoy it. And it. You know, it was well drawn and pretty well written, but definitely some more so. I mean, the, the idea is great. The premise yeah. is oh, awesome. Yeah. But there's definitely some more subtleties to, you know, where the dialogue works and, you know, how they bring the idea and the the kind of moral of the story, uh, you know, to the reader was a little bit too harsh. For mm-hmm. me. But I'm looking forward to seeing what else Brady Sullivan has done because it's a really creative sort of fresh idea. Oh, yeah. You know, I just think I think that there's, you know, still still some learning that needs to be done, still some refining of his technique and his and his writing to create and communicate a story that is enthralling ongoingly instead of like what a cool idea but a little bit of a fizzle in the delivery mm-hmm. you know but definitely the, the makings of really an excellent writer yeah. looking forward to seeing what else he has oh, like know, i, I said it's chock full of clever yeah yeah chock full of clever is a really good way to put it that is what it feels like it's I think yes. very clever the team is really competent too in what they're doing it just yeah. needs more yeah, like I said, I'd be much more interested in seeing what else this team is doing. Yeah, like maybe if they had, maybe if they had like finished the story halfway in, like like what they accomplished in this issue. Mm -hmm. If they had gotten halfway through this issue and just spent the extra pages that they were were made available, being a little bit more lazy about about moving the story through. Right, it's paced too frantically. Yeah, yeah, that's the Mm -hmm. problem. That's ultimately the problem. Is you don't get it's. It's like other things. When you crowd something, you don't get a lot of time to process it. Right. So, uh, again, this was Revolution Isle 9 uh, by Bray Sullivan, Andrea Schiavone, and Bernie Lee. You can find more of Revolution Isle 9 as well as other comics by Brady at backrowcomics.com. Backrowcomics.com is also where you can find more information. Flying Sparks. About Flying Sparks. But Flying Sparks also has its own website. That's true. Yeah. So anyway, again, it was really fun to talk to all you guys that we interviewed at the convention. And obviously, we, we really enjoyed a couple of you guys in particular and went out of our way to pull your comics and, and review them. And looking forward to talking about Ebon 07 and Zot's uh, Serpent and Shield next time. And uh, yeah, so thanks for listening. I think that's all we have for you guys today. That is it. That is it. Yes. Okay. Well, we will we will come back, and you know, we think we think we might break form and actually do another comic podcast after this one, just kind of uh, you know, bang bang, just so that we can you know hit the other comics that we had picked up in a timely manner. Because otherwise, <laughs> you know, for those of you that don't know, we have four subjects we go through. We do comics, movies, games, zombie survival. Not necessarily in that order. Not necessarily in that order. <laughs> um, but we, uh, and, and so it would be months before we got back to comics. And I'd really like yeah. to talk about these soon oh, because yeah. it deserves it, you know. And, and, and also, I, I told the guys that I would, <laughs> would review it yeah. soon. So, but anyway, looking forward to talking about comics next time around. And two weeks from today, you'll be able to find it on pandamanga.com at podcast.pandamanga.com. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for listening, you guys, and we'll catch you next time. Good night and good luck, folks. Thanks for listening to Geek Life. We always love to hear from our listeners, so please email us at geeklife at pandamanga.com. 
with any questions, comments, or insights. Anyone interested in becoming a PM contributor, visit our contact page at contact.pandamanga.com and complete the form located there. Music has been provided by Air Plus Recordings. As always, links to the artists and songs featured on this episode are available in the show notes at podcast.pandamanga.com. If you'd like more information about Air Plus Recordings, visit airplusrecordings.com. This is Joe, and we'll see you next time. Welcome back to Pandemic. Uh, Gotta f*** up at least once here. Mm -hmm. At least. At least once.